but the kind of writing he's talking about is this really focused writing. And so in a sense, it is flow because there is a real sense of focus. But at the same time, there's a real attention to the body. Welcome to the Life Story Coach podcast, where you'll hear interviews, tips, and advice on the craft and business of personal history and life story writing with your host, Amy Woods Butler. Hello, everyone. This is Amy, and this is the show where we talk about growing our life story business. We help clients create books, audios, videos, and more so that they can preserve the memories, the life stories, the things that they want to share with their kids and grandkids and with future generations. Today, we have a special guest, Donna Strickland, who's going to talk to us about mindful writing. But first, a word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump into the interview. This episode is sponsored by Hopeful House Bed and Breakfast and Bike Hostel. If you're looking for a great getaway, and you guys, I know this from experience, take a look at Hopeful House in Washington, Missouri. I'm a little biased because I'm from Missouri, but Washington is such a great little town. It's got this vibrant arts community, a great little bookstore, specialty shops, and the Katy Trails right there. This bike trail that goes all the way across Missouri, and it's hugely popular for day trippers on their bicycles and people doing longer trips overnight, going through all kinds of historic old roads. River Towns. Hopeful House is the perfect location to enjoy all of this, including the wineries that are in the surrounding areas. So take a look at Hopeful House Bed and Breakfast and Bike Hostel. What an appropriate sponsor for this show because they've taken this beautiful old house and restored it. You can book one of their luxury suites or if you're economizing, you can stay in their very charming bike hostel. So have a look, check them out at Hopeful House BBB. And if you need help to get to that link, go over to thelifestorycoach.com and look for today's episode. Hopeful House Bed and Breakfast and Bike Hostel. Thanks for supporting the show. Today, I'm happy to have Donna Strickland with us. Donna is an associate professor of English at the University of Missouri, and she's been teaching classes and workshops in mindful writing for both students and faculty since 2008. She graduated from the Mindfulness for Educators program at Antioch College in New England, and she recently completed a master's in counseling psychology. She's the author of The Managerial Unconscious in Composition Studies and numerous essays on gender, race, affect, and labor in the field. And I want to preface our talk by saying that, yes, Donna's work is geared towards people in academia, but it can help anyone who does a lot of writing. So, Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Well, and I have to tell everybody, this is our second go around because we had some, we had too many technical snafus last time and it just was not salvageable. So I really appreciate the fact that you are willing to give it another go because I think this is great information for people to hear about. Um, So we're going to talk about mindful writing in detail um, in just a moment. But first, can you start off by giving us just sort of a quick definition of what it is and tell us how you got interested in it? Sure. Um, So a quick definition of mindful writing is really just, so basically, let me first define mindfulness as that quality of paying attention to what's happening in the present moment without judgment. Um, And so bringing that quality of non-judgmental present moment awareness into our writing. Um, And that seems in some ways um, pretty simple. But the interesting thing is that although I had been meditating and practicing mindfulness for a number of years, um, I somehow wasn't bringing it fully into my writing. And so 
the way I got started um, practicing and teaching something that I was calling mindful writing is that I was having a really hard time um, finishing a book. And as a professor on the tenure track here at the university, I needed to write a book in order to get tenure. And even though my book was very close to being finished, I was really just revising it. I really hit a wall and I found myself sitting down to work on it and really getting nothing done (laughs) and actually um, getting, uh, just having a lot of negative (laughs) emotion uh, coming up around my, uh, around my book project. I really came to hate it. And I thought I'm going to have to write a different book because I hate this one so much. Oh no. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was really in a bad place. (laughs) Um, And so uh, what happened is that I, was invited to be part of, actually, you know, a colleague had mentioned this writer, Robert Boyce, to me. Um, he writes, um, you know, books to help people write better, to write uh, more productively. Can you say the name again? Because I think it kind of um, sure. blipped out a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So the name is Robert Boyce, B-O-I-C-E. And he has written a number of books. And um, the book that I eventually read after some resistance because somebody invited me to be in an online writing group. But in order to be in the online writing group, I had to read this book first. Um, And so the book was uh, How Writers Journey to Comfort and Fluency. And uh, and so I read that book um, after I I just happened to go on a meditation retreat. And then I read the book right after I'd come back from this meditation retreat. And so even though voice in this particular book doesn't really talk about mindfulness, I really recognized his approach um, as being very deeply mindful, very deeply about being in the present moment with your writing and not letting yourself, you know, get caught up into all of these negative mind states (laughs) that we get caught up in, you know, that really interfere with our writing you know, worry or, you know, feeling bad about ourselves as writers, which is very much, well, I was really in both. I mean, I was worried about, you know, if I don't get this done, what's going to happen? And I was also feeling pretty bad about it all. Um, so that's, yeah. So I, so I said, oh, I wonder what it would be like to bring uh, mindfulness more fully into the writing process because the, um, the retreat I had just been on was actually, um, practicing a form of interpersonal mindfulness and an interpersonal mindfulness, we bring those qualities of present moment of non-judgmental awareness into our action, uh, interactions with other people. And I thought, well, what if I bring that same intention into the interaction that I have with my writing? And so that's what I did. And it really transformed um, how I approached writing. And so I started teaching it. That's really interesting. So um, I'm not very, uh, I was going to say I'm not very mindful. I don't know if that's the way that I want to <laughs> express it. But I, I don't know very much about mindfulness. Um, it's a word that I hear a lot. And I associate it usually with, you know, maybe maybe some yoga and maybe some meditation practice. But those things, meditation, especially, you know, I, I um, for that, I think of, you know, sitting 
quietly and not interacting at all with the world um but mm-hmm. you know bringing yourself i guess into the present moment but in in quiet and maybe also in solitude or or with other people but not interacting with them but what you're talking about is actually having interactions either with people in the interpersonal mindfulness or with something that you are consciously doing, you know, a task that's at hand. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that and how mindfulness applies in those situations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, one of the the ways that um, we cultivate, cultivate mindfulness, I mean, one of the first, like if you go to a mindfulness class, let's say, probably one of the first things you're going to learn how to do is to just bring some awareness into your body. And so uh, when we bring awareness into our bodies, we actually automatically cut off the part of our minds that get caught up in all the worry and all of the negative thinking. Literally, that part of the brain shuts down when we're processing bodily, you know, sensations. Hmm. And so we bring our attention into our bodies. And so... Um, when we're doing some kind of interpersonal mindfulness, whether it's with a person or whether it's with our writing, I think of writing really as a kind of interpersonal activity um, because we often are thinking about our audience or we're relating to ourselves in a certain way. So bringing that same quality of, okay, I'm going to have some of my attention in my body um, rather than having all of my attention externally focused. And so there's a kind of division of the attention so that there's a little bit of attention in the body, but also some attention going outward. And what I discovered is that um, there's a real sense of ease for me and for many people who I taught. There's a real sense of ease that comes when there's some focus on the body, even as we're also attending to something externally, like our writing. And that, you know, so the title of Robert Boyce's book, How Writers Journey to Comfort and Fluency, that word comfort is really important because what I had, what I came to see as I started trying to implement these, these new ways of relating to my writing is that I immediately, when I would sit down to write, immediately my shoulders would get tense. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even the result of having sat for too long. It was as if my body believed that that was the appropriate posture <laughs> for writing. So learning to let that go, I mean, because who wants to write? Like, that was a very unconscious thing. I wasn't aware of it. But really, like, I mean, it makes sense that I would have hated writing so much in some ways, right? Because, you know, this, my body was, like, clenching up. Mm. And that's not comfortable, right? Well, as somebody who's had shots in both of my shoulders for bursitis, uh, uh yes, I know exactly how uncomfortable it can be. And, you know, whether that was stress related or I I actually suspect part of it had to do with working at a desk that was too high by an inch or two for for too long. Uh But yeah, it can, um, we we bring our bodies every time we're doing some writing, our bodies are there with us, whether we're paying any attention to them or not. I'm really glad that you offered that example because... Um, yeah, I mean, even if if the pain you were feeling wasn't necessarily stress related, and I, you know, and I'm 
I don't know what was going on for you, right? But, I mean, one thing I do know is that we often, in our culture, um, tend to lose track of our bodies in general, but, but when we're writing in particular. Um, and so that's one of the things that has been, again, really different for me as I've um, been practicing and teaching a mindful approach to writing is to have a lot more awareness of the body while writing. I don't know if you're familiar with Sir Ken Robinson, who gave this wonderful TED Talk that's very popular about um, about how education, his argument is that education squashes creativity. I love and that TED Talk, yes. Isn't that's it That's a fantastic wonderful. one, yes. Yeah, and, and he says, you know, one of the ways that that happens is that we stop paying attention to the body. And so, and so we're educated from the neck up, he says, and a little to one side. <laughs> um, and so I think that that happens when we're writing. I mean, we just lose track of our bodies. We, it's been educated out of us. Mm. And so we, if we can bring some attention into the body while we're writing, that really transforms how we approach the writing. And I believe it really does open us up to more creativity. Well, how does this then mesh with the idea of deep focus and getting into the flow? Because I've always associated that, you know, the, you know, the state that we're all chasing after, we want to be in the flow of things so that the writing can proceed and, and, you know, well, without getting tangled up in our editor's voice, tapping us on the shoulder and saying, Oh, no, this is bad. So if you're in the flow, then um, I think by definition, everything is coming out and, and everything is in alignment. But I've never thought of, it seems like it's a completely um, in the mind experience. So are these incompatible with each other, the idea of having some of your attention being on your body while you're in this deep focus mode? I don't think that they're necessarily incompatible, but I think that um, I think that they could be. <laughs> I mean, I think it really just kind of depends on how you approach how you approach or think of a flow state. Um, one of the things that Boyce uh, really cautions against is what he calls uh, hypomania. He feels that many writers write in a state of hypomania, you know, this kind of elevated state where they're just like going and going and going, and they really do lose track of their bodies um, when mm. they're doing that, you know. And so, for me, I mean, again, as an academic writer and somebody who, um, you know, has had a lot of education, <laughs> I mean, I, I think about the ways in which I was trained, uh, not directly, but indirectly trained to put all my writing off until the end of the semester hmm. and then, you know, put in late nights writing, 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 and, you know, achieving a kind of state of hypomania which could be called flow, you know, but I think that that's a pretty negative flow. Mm -hmm. um, Especially if it's but, something that you're going to have to do for a lifetime or if you're choosing to do exactly, for a lifetime. Right. Exactly. And that was exactly the problem that I was having is really making that transition right out of, um, you know, putting things off to the last minute. You can't put things off to the last minute, right? When you're doing a longer project or yeah, when it's really your, your livelihood. Um, or you can, but it, boy, you're going to suffer a lot. <laughs> and so, so I would say that that's a kind of, you know, negative, unhealthy kind of quote unquote slow experience, right? 
So to counter that, voice, um, you know, advises um, writing daily so you're not putting things off, writing for really moderate periods of time. He says even if you're, you know, if, even if writing is what you do full time, to not put more than like four hours um, a day into your writing. But those, but those hours are really focused hours. So I know for me, I used to think, oh, I need these huge giant blocks of time in order to write. But the reality was, is that if I said, okay, well, I need eight hours <laughs> or I can't get anything done. Well, that's because I was getting really distracted. You know, I mean, I would write a little bit, I would go off and do something, I'd come back, you know, and then I wasn't very productive. But the kind of writing he's talking about is this really focused writing. And so in a sense, it is slow because there is a real sense of focus. But at the same time, there's a real um, attention to the body. And so there's, there's, he advocates taking, you know, frequent breaks and really, uh, I mean, even without getting up, but just like noted, pausing periodically just to come back to the body. Uh, but yeah, taking breaks actual breaks where you stand up like every half hour so that you're still very focused but you're also still taking care of the body so that the body doesn't suffer as a result of the focus right and the body will have its way of getting back at you you know which i think we've anybody who has pushed themselves too hard and you can do it you can almost get um it's almost a a kick. It's almost a thrill when you have a really long writing session and you get into that, you know, that hypomanic state. I think that you were talking mm-hmm. about hypo or hypermanic state. Hypo, it's hypo. Hypomanic it's kind state. Of a low level. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. And uh-huh. you know, it can afterwards you can feel great, um, but it's short lived. And what I have found is that. It's it's a little bit like, you know, when I think back to my college days and the very few times that I had pulled an all-nighter, you know, studying for an exam, oh, okay. you can definitely prepare yourself for the exam, but you're so depleted afterwards. And I've, I think I only ever did it, maybe, I think I only ever did it my freshman year. And after that, I could never muster up the willpower to do it again. And I think that was just my body saying, nope, that's that's not working for you. And it's, it's a little bit like, you know, if if you're going to let the batteries run completely out, or if you're going to do something that is sustainable over a long period of time. And so you're giving yourself chance to not deplete yourself completely, but to, you know, have these, these, these smaller flow states where you can have intense concentration, um, but your battery is still recharging. You're not, you're not doing anything that's going to be harmful in the long run. That's absolutely right, and that's such a great uh, metaphor, you know, the battery metaphor. That's exactly right. And, you know, just, uh, and I think you said it so well, you feel so depleted afterwards, um, and that's part of the problem, right? You you said, well, I can't do this again. Well, right, but if we, if we want to write, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we de- we've depleted ourselves in that way, then every you know, every time we sit down, right. It's like, I mean, that, that's what I had internalized in my body. Right. I mean, it's like, wow, sitting down to write is really painful. And so every time I sat down to write, you know, that was there in my body. Yeah. And so I had to unlearn that. Right. 
Well, I know from for for myself, um, and I don't know if this is a widespread thing or not. But for myself, what I discovered a long time ago, and this has this applies to pretty much everything in life, not just writing, not working. You know, it, it can be for everything. But my um, what I call my anti willpower is way stronger than my willpower. So I can muster up the willpower to do something very temporarily, but then you know, then there's something this anti willpower that's uh, that shuts me down, and it's it's usually looking out for me. It's saying, nope, this is unhealthy. You know, so mm-hmm. um, so don't have too long of a work session. At, you know, don't work for ten hours at the desk. It, it it's almost as if I physically cannot force myself to do something, and then that's, you know, that's what I call my anti willpower. And um, I think that's a little bit what you're talking about here. But what I would like to hear about is um, how this is really applied. So from what I understand, there's some things that you do before a writing session, and then there's things that you do during the writing session, and maybe afterwards. So if you're, um, let's say we're Donna Strickland, and you're getting up on a, you know, it's Monday morning, and you know what you want to do for, you know, you've got your goals and your objectives set up for your writing session, um, what you want to accomplish, walk us through the process. Where does it start for you? And what does it look like during the writing session? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, just to back up a little bit, I would say that like having a clear goal is is one important piece of it. Um, I mean, that's another important piece, I think, of being mindful is that sense of intentionality. Um, because I think that I also had plenty of <laughs> writing sessions in my life where I was like, I just sort of had this vague general sense that I wanted to work on something. Um, but really having that clear intentionality has been another really important piece um, of the mindful writing process. Uh, but in addition to that, so what I do and what I teach is first spending some time really attending to the body and making sure that the body is really as comfortable as it can be. And so I generally teach just a little bit of yoga or other kinds of stretching. And I think that there are certain, you know, yoga postures that we can do that are particularly beneficial. Um, But just a little bit, you know, not like an hour session. I'm just talking like maybe 15 minutes or so of stretching Mm -hmm. um, so that the body feels good. Um, can you give us an example of one of one or two of the postures that you think are really good for this for for this pre session? Yeah, so I mean, um, I would say that um, you know things that help the shoulders to relax, and so even just like doing some shoulder shrugs or shoulder rolls is a really great thing to do. Um, I also think it's really because we're going to. Well, I think that I, I believe I remember that you use a standing desk now, but. A lot of times people sit when they write, and so um, I think doing some hip stretching is really important, and so there's uh, something called the uh, figure four position people may know. You can look it up, but <laughs> just some, I mean, you actually can do it sitting. I often teach this sitting. You just put your um, ankle, one ankle on top of the other leg's uh, thigh mm-hmm. so that, you, you know, it's sort of like making the figure four. Okay, I'm um, trying it now because I am at I am at my desk, but it's it it can go from sitting to standing, and I'm sitting right now. Uh-huh. So okay, yeah. <laughs> so ankle yeah, over so, the thigh. Yeah. So yeah. So you have a um, a 90 degree angle right on your um, the leg that's uh, up. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I'm feeling the stretch. Yeah. <laughs> and you're feeling the stretch. Yeah. So I mean, this is a really great thing you can do for yourself. Um, 
you know, really helps to counter some of that tightness uh, that we inevitably get when we, from sitting. So, so those are a couple examples. I mean, I think, you know, attending to the shoulder, uh, shoulders, attending to the hips, really important. And actually even just, <laughs> this is so simple, but like putting your head on the desk, you know, just folding your arms, putting your forehead um, on top of your arms. Um, I mean, that's actually a pretty nice, just really simple back stretch. Oh, um, you mean you as that. if you're about to fall asleep on your on your desk? Yeah, like that kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I won't try that one. It'll get me a little far yeah. from the mic. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there you go. Three, three really simple things you can do. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, getting the body comfortable, and then I do, you know, a little bit of meditation. I mean, it really kind of depends, but I would say, you know, at least like five or ten minutes. And by meditation, I simply mean you know, bringing your attention to something physical. It could be your breath. That's a very common thing. So just bringing your attention to the experience of the breath. Um, Another thing that works well for some people, for some people, paying attention to the breath um, can actually be a little bit anxiety-producing. And so another uh, thing to pay attention to sometimes can be sound, just letting sound come, come and go, your awareness of sound come and go. So just doing that for five or ten minutes. And then at the very end, um, you can really intentionally have that sense of, okay, I'm keeping some awareness in my body. Maybe I can really, in this moment, intentionally notice if I'm sitting, the sensations of sitting. I can feel the chair supporting me. Or if I'm standing, I can really feel the sensations of standing. I can feel my feet on the ground. Okay, I want to keep some attention there as I open my field of awareness and include um, the computer, mm-hmm. right, that I'm working with. So that's how I start. And then as I'm writing, um, I actually usually set a timer for to go off every 10 or 15 minutes just so that I can take a tiny little pause, come back to my body, come back to my breath, and then just start over again. Um, and as I said, if I'm sitting, I want to stand up um, every 30 minutes just to give the body the break so that it's not sitting all the time. That all sounds wonderful, you know, especially that I like how you described it as you expand your awareness of, of you know, going from this meditative state and then you're expanding your awareness to include your computer and what you're going to be working on. Um, okay. And then so you do these these little breaks in between. Um, uh-huh. And that's both for bringing your your awareness back to the body, and then after thirty minutes, you know, actually giving your body a physical rest. Um, and right. then that's that goes throughout the writing session. Is there anything that you follow up with at the end of a writing session? So, just two things I would mention, and one is um, the real importance of stopping. And so, if you said, "Okay, I'm going to write for two hours," actually stopping after two hours. Because voice feels this is really important to counter that um, tendency towards hypomania of like, okay, well, this is going really well. I'm just going to keep going. And he says, nope, you just stop. (laughs) When you're ready to stop, you just stop. Even if you're mid-sentence, because he says that's going to give you a great place to start if you you actually stop sort of mid-thought. So that's one thing is really stopping (laughs) when you stop. 
Um, and then the other is to, I find it useful um, to do actually just a little bit of writing to set an intention for the next time that I, you know, come back to my writing. And so even though I stopped actually doing the thing I was doing, I might um, do just a little bit of, um, you know, expressive writing just to help myself know where I'm going to be going next time. Well, and that that actually brings up another question in my mind, because I I really enjoy um, different types of writing and, you know, journaling, I, um, it, it always feels like a healthy, um, uh, fulfilling thing. I don't, I don't dread that if, you know, if I don't feel yeah. like doing it, I just yeah. don't do it. So it's nothing right. that, that is going to be paying my bills, you know, it's, it's just something yeah. that I like to do occasionally. Um, so do these does this type of mindful writing practice apply to the things that are um, can be a little bit more difficult or challenging, or is it equally applicable to the people who do say, you know, like morning pages, the artist way morning pages in the morning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, these basic uh, uh, instructions really fit with any kind of writing. I mean, I think that doing morning pages, for example, in a state of, uh, comfort, um, you know, again, would just lead to more creativity, right? Uh, mm-hmm. More benefit than doing them in a state of, <laughs> I mean, I, I think this would really go along with her intention in doing morning pages anyway, right? Um, than in a state of like, you know, anxiety or whatever. But having said that, of course, you know, uh, just to go along with what you're saying about journaling, I mean, there's there's also been a lot of research that shows that if we are in an anxious state and we do a little bit of free writing, expressive writing, journaling, um, it actually can help to reduce that anxiety. So, you know, that's, that's another thing I often teach my students is that, okay, if you're in such a state that you can't really bring yourself into your body, sometimes doing a little writing can actually be beneficial. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who only writes when he's in psychological agony, basically. And, you know, oh, and, uh-huh. and he says, oh, nobody, uh, you know, I, I need to make sure that nobody ever finds my journals after I die, because I'm <laughs> going to look like I had this really miserable life, because happy times, he doesn't, he never bothers to pick up a pen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, I, I remember, you know, when we tried this interview the first time, you were talking about, um, I think you had done a six-week workshop, and then there was actually some data to show the the beneficial effects of mindful writing. Am I remembering that right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. So I did a six-week workshop for um, for folks a couple summers ago. We did some, uh, we, I worked with um, Ann Betancourt, who's in psychological sciences here, um, to gather some data. And what we found is that after six weeks of uh, this practice, people First of all, people's mindfulness skills increased phenomenally. There's a there's a whole way of measuring that. So that was interesting. Um, after just six weeks, you know, their ability to be mindful increased. Um, and what that seemed to translate uh, to in terms of their writing is decreased writing apprehension um, and decreased um, negative emotion around their writing, um, which makes you know, a lot of sense, actually, that those would be the two biggest changes that we found. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was quite clear, you know, as we say in research, statistically significant <laughs> changes um, in people's uh, emotional relationship to their writing. Right. 
And I, I can see how this would be so um, have such a big impact for people who do life stories because, well, there's two different reasons. One is when we're just starting out and we're, you know, we're taking on a job and we're saying, yes, I am the authority and I can do this. It can be a little nerve wracking because it's something that you're not, um, you know, you're still building up your skills and whether you came from a writing background or not, it's, it's a diff it's a it's a certain kind of writing. Um, but then even as you get more experience, when you take on a new client, there's always that, um, you know, at least for me, there's always that in the beginning, like, well, are they going to like my writing? You know, when I give them that first draft, are they going to like it? You know, and, and so there's, it can, it can definitely be anxiety provoking. So I can absolutely see how this would all help um, because you you don't want to approach the writing in a state of anxiety, um, if for no other reason then the writing is going to suffer. Your your writing just is not as good when you're anxious and you're feeling like you're you know looking over your own shoulder trying to make sure it all comes out exactly correctly and you know is is great prose. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely right. Well, um, the other way that I'm wondering if this applies is that. Um, we also go into interviews, and that can be, you know, particularly if you're a new life story professional going into the interview, it can be a little bit nerve wracking because um, you want to make sure that you're doing good active listening, but you also have to stay a half a step ahead of the storyteller because you have to know how to kind of guide them, especially if they go off on a tangent. Um, So there's a lot of things that are in your head, uh, pressure to make sure that you're doing it well. And so are any of these, I know mindful writing is, you know, specifically about writing, but with your, the interpersonal, um, what did you call it? Interpersonal um, mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yes. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. can that be applied to those kinds of uh, situations? Um, I would think absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, the basic principle there is to, you know, continue to bring some awareness to the body. I mean, so just as, as we open out, or I encourage people to open out from that, you know, more meditative state, but, and include their writing, same thing with a person, you know, you, you're still aware of your body, uh, but you're opening your awareness to include the other person. Um, so that as the, you know, as you're interacting, speaking and listening with this other person, you can also be aware of what's happening internally. And there's just a, a greater sense of ease. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I started practicing interpersonal mindfulness is how much um, I would focus on the other person to such an extent that there was a kind of tension there. You know, um, my my attention was very tense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is just a more relaxed way of attending. Um, and, I, and I think that it makes it possible then to keep track better <laughs> and to think of follow-up questions better. You know, that's been my experience um, as I practice counseling, actually. Mm. Yeah, and that makes sense too. I mean, we've all probably had the experience of talking to somebody who you feel uncomfortable with because they, you know, there's they never break eye contact. Their their the intensity is overwhelming of their attention mm-hmm. on us, and um, so yeah, that's that's a really good thing to point out that we have to keep things balanced, and a healthful way of doing it is having that um, that mindfulness about it. Well, this has all been really great. Um, 
a question for you if um, since most of the people who are listening this are probably not in the world of academia, are your workshops and um, coaching sessions and things like that available for people uh, for just the general public? Uh, absolutely. Actually, uh, since you and I talked last, I um, have been scheduled to do a workshop for Show Me Right. Uh, yeah, Show Me Writers um, here in Columbia on November seventeenth. Um, I'm also available, you know, for workshops um, and also for individual coaching. And if you're in- if anybody's interested in that, they could just shoot me an email at stricklanddg at missouri dot edu. Great. And I'll put links to that um, as well as your workshop, the the Show Me. I uh, last year I was at Show Me, and that is for the listeners who don't know what it is. Um, I think they changed it this year. I think there are many workshops now, but um, previous to this, it was one big writers workshop in Columbia, Missouri, um, and it was for nonfiction, fiction, playwriting. It was it was really good, and I was involved with that as a as a mentor for for writers. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I hope people reach out to you if they if they feel like they can learn a bit more from you about this mindful writing practice. Great. Thank you so much, Amy. It's been a real pleasure. And that does it for our interview on mindful writing with Donna Strickland. If you want to see links to everything that we mentioned, head over to thelifestorycoach.com and look for episode 36. I'll have links to the workshop that Donna mentioned, which is going to be taking place in Columbia, Missouri on November 17th, 2018. Um, Some books that she mentioned, the Robert Boyce books, how you can get in touch with her if maybe you want to reach out to her directly for some more ideas on how to incorporate mindfulness in your own writing practice. Thanks again to Hopeful House Bed and Breakfast and Bike Hostel in Washington, Missouri for sponsoring the show. And I hope that this show has helped. I hope that you can take back some things that you've heard, apply them to your own life story business. And if they have, or if you have other ideas that you can share that would help the rest of us, please go over to the website and add some comments to the show notes on episode 36. Until next time, go out and save someone's story.